We are back to talk about Nissan's debut of its all-electric crossover, its new logo, and we pay homage to the passing of the Chief 240Z designer in this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Nissan Nerds Podcast. We are back for another episode for you guys. Uh, my name is Mike Delashmut, and uh, is that is that Miles over there? <laughs> Miles, man, how you doing? How you been? It's been so long, man. How you been doing? What's up, stranger? <laughs> I don't think it's been that long. We were just locked in a car together for a number of days. Yeah. So if anything, we had too much to do with each other and we needed a break so we needed we needed we needed uh some time apart to see other people to see other hosts podcast hosts part of being together is being apart i'm just saying you know yeah. <laughs> the best part of being together is when we're alone from each other yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, i'm just messing with you man of course uh we uh our recording of this episode is uh, about a week a week behind our schedule but uh for good reason though man we had a great road trip uh you and i we we headed out to Colorado Springs and uh, stopped, made a number of stops along the way. For those who were following us on Facebook, we made a number of live videos. Uh, Miles, do you want to recap what you went, what we went through? And stuff? <laughs> well, I mean, we we took a trip in the middle of the night to go pick up a uh, a parts vehicle that we uh, that I that I purchased originally. I was purchasing it for just a parts car, and then apparently. Um, I own this thing now, so it was just a, a chance for me to pick up another little Datsun 620 project. Kind of cool. Um, have no idea what the hell I was going to do with it because I already have one of those cars, but I don't know. Maybe we'll make it like the uh, the Nissan Nerd Mule when we go to events and we'll just pile in it and take road trips or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out something fun to do with it. That sounds good, though. I definitely had a great time. Uh, I'm actually pretty impressed with the truck, but then again, I'm almost everything looks good to me, you know. For those who saw pictures online, this is a what I call a, a ratty Datsun. It's got that nice patina. In my opinion, it's nice, but you uh, love rust. not to everybody. I do. I do. Rust. It's got, dude. It's got so much it, character. Like, well, anytime that you refer to rust as a shade of paint or a color, a final color, I'm like, okay, you love. This. Let's just call it what it is. I asked him one time he on his own Datsun pickup truck and i was like i was like hey what kind of color would you want if i could paint anything he goes you know i'm kind of happy with the rust spots i mean i think it look, looks sexy it looks good i'm like rust is not a paint scheme and, but i mean <laughs> mike loves it and he was just like well what if you know i'll just have you clear the whole car and i'm like yeah. oh my god this guy but you know i can respect it because he wants it to look vintage he wants it to look old he doesn't want it to look updated and new so i can respect that aspect of it but that's the thing about patina is that it's character, man. Once you get rid of it, you can't recreate it so naturally, you know. So it's just got a story to tell. And the, the way I enjoy it is that as long as the panels are relatively straight and uh, the rust or patina isn't too deep, I'd say just clear it, you know, smooth it out, clear it. And it's just I've seen so many really great examples. And so that's that's the way I want to go with mine. I would agree. You know, the I and we're going to just talk about it because it's a trend right now. And why not? Let's talk about trends. Yeah. But, you know, I've seen people try to – they basically restore a whole car. And then they want to do the patina look and then they try yeah. to recreate it. Yep. And 
And I remember, I can't remember which episode it was, but I want to say it was like on a, um, you know, it's actually on muscle, uh, muscle car. They did okay. a, they did a patina look in like a, some Mustang anyway. But the point is, if you watch that episode, they pay really close attention to the different colors. Cause rust is multiple colors. You know, you've got your deep reds, your deep mm-hmm. browns, a little, your highlighted yellows, and then you've got some purple and blues in there for oxidation black yeah. on the outside of the ring. I mean, it's an involved color spectrum. Uh, if you're trying to recreate it, it's, e- it's much easier to take, let nature take its course and, and, uh, <laughs> and just, and swap it out and go from there. So awesome. But you're, I have to say that your truck, your Datsun 620 is kind of, I don't know. It's like it's uh, beautifully rusted. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. It's almost like you 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 planned it out five years ago, and you're just like, I'm gonna expose just the, the section would, and sand yeah. it down to, and, and it, then I'm gonna rub salt in it or whatever it takes for <laughs> that that metal process to, I, to begin. I, I'm like, I rub it with the uh, salt water every night. You know, I kind of massage <laughs> it with a, a sponge. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, I actually I got pretty lucky with that one. You know, that thing was just sun baked. You know, in the Texas sun for who knows how long. I mean, forever. And I mean, granted, you know what? I, I've had the truck now for what seven years now. I can look at pictures from the day I bought it to, to now, and and I can tell how it's grown. <laughs> you know what's kind of crazy though? It's like. There are these sweet spots. I, you know, one thing is we drove through the country. We got towards the drier desert area. The rust was much more majestic. But Jesus Christ, it was like there's there's an acceptable <laughs> amount of rust yeah. that's like kind of um, uh, that's kind of cosmetic. And then yep. you've got this just rust that's just so aggressive yeah. that it's just like, oh my god! Like, why would you even list that? Stop that! So, yep. yeah. but, you know, one thing about your truck that you just picked up, uh, the color of the truck. I don't know how you would call it, but the color of the truck with the color of the rust flows very nicely. <laughs> you know, that's the weirdest thing I think anybody's ever told me. You know, the disgusting look of that color yeah. really just really accents the the garbage rust look that's the on that car. I mean, yeah, like what trash we, chic. What's don't try to church here? it up. There you go, it, trying to yeah. church it up. It's rust, no. <laughs> and then Mike's like. Mike's it's just heavy oxidation yeah it's called rust dog don't try to church it up son (laughs) but how did you like the trip in the uh the frontier you've never driven a frontier before right uh the frontier it's been a long long time very few and far between to actually uh you know just get my impressions of the truck and all and uh this was definitely a great chance you know we drove what over two thousand miles round trip yeah 2000 miles uh, and we yeah we went all the way to what pike's peak but yeah yeah, we drove the frontier little 4.0 all the way down there it hauled butt tail the entire way i mean i don't know i keep telling you you got to get yourself a frontier or a xterra one of these days yeah i enjoyed it uh you know we were were hauling you know this trailer we had a payload behind us it didn't really uh, seem to affect us too much and uh it overall was a very comfortable ride interior was great uh, road noise. You slept a lot. So. <laughs> I slept like maybe two times, and but you we were definitely sure to let the world know uh, those few seconds that I did. I, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. No idea what you're talking about. So, oh man. Anyway, good trip overall. We had some yeah. fun. Um, had a lot of. Uh, we we definitely ate a lot. We did. Um, we saw sunrises, sunsets. Um, got to see a lot of the uh, uh, that part of the of the United States, which I highly recommend for anybody, you know, um, you know, occasionally I forgot how much I love road trips, but, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I digress. Let's, uh, 
let's talk about what else is going on. And uh, we got a lot of news, man. While we're on this trip, we got to go over all this stuff, get caught up. Um, yeah, Mike, let's go into news. What, what do we got going on? First up on the chopping block for us today, Miles, is from uh, the Nissan News outlets. This is a, uh, a new model that Nissan is revealing. This is actually something that we talked about while we were uh, on the road. But uh, this is Nissan's first all-electric, all-wheel-drive crossover SUV. And uh, this is called the Nissan Aria. Uh, again, all-electric, and its performance and range is way ahead of what uh, currently been uh, been done in the Nissan world. Uh, Nissan debuted their first electric vehicle, which was the Leaf, in 2010. And again, 10 years later, here we are with the Nissan Aria. The Aria debuted as a digital event online from its headquarters in Yokohama. And uh, part of uh, CEO Uchida's message was that this is a, a key model in Nissan's plan to roll out 10 new models in the next 20 months. Overall goal over the next four years is to have Nissan sell over a million electrified units by the end of 2023. All right, so uh, the Aria comes out in four different trim levels, and uh, you have your options of a front-wheel drive model or an all-wheel drive model, and then you also have two different sizes of battery. Depending on the uh, two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive and in which size of battery, you've got various horsepower and, and torque that will be that each vehicle will have. The, uh, the horsepower ranges from uh, 214 horses to 388, and uh, torque will range from 221 to 443 pound-feet of torque. So uh, that upper scale, you know, having the higher horsepower power torque is kind of impressive. I, I do enjoy that. So you definitely have a variety uh, depending on how you want to use this this vehicle uh, in your daily on your day to day, Nissan didn't include a zero to sixty time. There, I didn't see a weight listed on this. Uh, again, for me, just being a gearhead, those are the things I look out for. But uh, I, I just didn't see that though. The Aria is scheduled to come out in Japan uh, mid twenty twenty one, and then it's coming out to the U S. and Canada soon after that. Pricing will start around forty thousand dollars. As a horsepower guy, you know, again, being a big fan of uh, Nissan sports cars and, and the whole idea of electric coming out, this is obviously new territory for us to kind of really get into. Well, for and, you, I mean, you're, you've always been a, a petrol head and, you know, I've had an opportunity to drive a lot of these E-type cars it just from, yeah. uh, from luck. So I've had a little more opportunity to put my toe into that pool as it were but you know i've had my eye on on this uh, um because it actually from what i remember it started off as a concept car called the imx um i think i saw it at the tokyo motor show in 2017 is when they dropped that you know when i when 2017 when it came out you know quite honestly i thought it was going to be another concept that we just we were never going to see. I thought it was, <laughs> and, and yeah. I only say that because the IDX, right? The IDX, so we, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, maybe it just, you know, the IMX came out. I'm like, great, another car that we're not going to get. And, <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm not happy for it. I would be a lot happier if we redid that IDX option because everybody and their mother wants that car. But, you know, hey, we're get the Araya. It's pretty cool. You know, I did get an opportunity to kind of go through all the, the online brochures and everything else. And yeah. the one, there's two things that I wanted to kind of talk about it that, that were pretty cool. First mm -hmm. off, don't get excited about a price point because we don't know because they haven't talked about price points just yet. All we really know is we're going to get it. You got to see it. And now they're finally saying, hey, you're going to get it. We'll let you know <laughs> what you're going to pay <laughs> if you want it. The other thing too that 
people don't understand is the 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 real concept of it. It's a conceptual integrated technology piece. What I mean by that is you can do the virtual brochure and, and literally sit in the driver's seat and look at it. And on the dash, imagine, think of it like having an iPad that stretches from one side almost to yeah. the other. I mean, it, it the integration on it's crazy. The mapping technology, and it looks extremely impressive. But I'm curious. I, I really, not unrealistic that there's stuff that's already out there that's like that. So I'm if that's one of the hugest selling points, I'm gonna I'm not gonna scrutinize, but I'm gonna yeah. keep a close eye on that. Like I wanna know how well that technology is. What's so different about that that's different than anything else? Cause we really don't have those details yet because we don't have it in front of us. And you and I will have to figure out where we're gonna find it locally and go sit like down it. there and steal that car for six hours and and uh and you know, kidnap a a poor sales guy and buy him lunch while we while we go through that whole car like we normally do. So I would be interested in doing that because it does pique my interest. How you mentioned with the interior, uh, through that alone, you can sort of see who who they're going after, and, and by that I mean obviously you know you've got your Teslas, and most recently you've got the the Ford Mustang Mach E, uh, that, okay. that that SUV version, yep. and I think you know Nissan really does have a chance to to go after these guys. I think. Uh, yeah. The performance and the pricing point, they're going to be very, very competitive against these these competitors of theirs. You know, from what I'd like to see out of the Aria is that we talked about the horsepower and the torque. Again, some pretty impressive numbers for the all-wheel drive model. I guess the upgraded model, I should say. This is sort of uncharted territory, aside from the Nissan Leaf, which I think we can probably agree that the Nissan Leaf, at least from a mass market perspective, uh, is is the theme of it is efficiency and and uh, again long range. It's not exactly the 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 high horsepower model that you would expect or, or want to have, right? But with the Aria, you know, we look at these numbers, the horsepower and the torque, and they're impressive. I mean, they're actually more in some cases nearly double what the current 370Z is. Just to kind of give you a, a frame of reference. So I think that there needs to be a sense of excitement with this Aria. And uh, what I haven't seen from Nissan, which I would like to see, is this through some sort of media, just convey that excitement, the performance that this vehicle can do. Again, to give you an example, with the what the Ford is just doing, they just launched this whole five-minute feature on drifting this thing with a few of their uh, you know team drivers and whatnot. And it was meant to be excitement and burnouts and blah blah blah. This uh, Aria is very competitive to that. Well, and you know what? Yeah. It's a smart move that Nissan's done. And, and the reason why they chose to, I mean, yeah, they launched the Leaf because they want to get the technology out there and they were chasing the Prius at the time, right? Let's just yep. call it what it is. Yep. So after that, I mean, Nissan's been kind of keeping quiet and really didn't do the, the massive push until this Araya. If you look at traditionally how the market has, you know, what flagship cars have worked for them. The Rogue, you remember that guy, and the yeah. Murano. Um, those were flagship cars, and people are like, what do you mean they're flagship cars? They're not exciting. They're not massive. True, but Nissan sold the piss out of them. They were a high moneymaker for them. You know, they had high-quality ratings, and, you know, they didn't need to change much from year to year, and they just kept selling them, and people liked them, and that, that was the end of it. So why not go into the SUV market before they, they start launching with the new Z or start messing with things like that? It's a good yep. business move, especially in yep. in at a time where there's so much um, uh, there's so much up in the air about what the future is going to bring for uh, buyers, consumers. Sorry, for for the consumers market. So anyway, let's uh, 
that was not the only piece of news that launched on the Araya date. Nissan also threw something new at us. They threw a new logo at us. Did you see that? They did. This happened on the same day. I mean, this was same day. (laughs) Nissan obviously does this to really generate some waves. This is not just willy nilly the way they do this. This is planned. This is heavily coordinated. I think it's campaign, man. I think we're seeing like they they want to make a timestamp on this date, the new era Nissan design campaign. I I guarantee that's what it is. We we kind of knew it. We hinted to it. You know, you won't know anything until you're in it. Which give us another year and we'll we can probably confirm that. Man, if you really want to get into some depth about the logo, after 20 years, the Nissan logo uh, has changed. And this is across all forms of media, all your videos, all your uh, promotional uh, social media, letterheads, dealerships are going to get changed with this new branding, this new Nissan logo. So a pretty cool video, too. Uh, We'll go ahead and post it up in the show notes. Go ahead and take a look at that. To kind of give you an idea, this was a two-year challenge to make this logo a reality and uh it was meant to be a reimagining of the iconic nissan logo but for the new chapter the future this is you know electrified the badges that you'll see on the car specifically with the urea this is the first model that's going to get the new nissan logo you have an illuminated badge this is the visual cues that nissan wants to give which is supposed to tell the world this is our transformation this is our changing this is the new direction that uh i think is it's refreshing. It is refreshing. I think for what they're tr- uh, trying to do, it is refreshing. Now, whether, again, feedback on the art, different story, but I do admire the fact that they're they're working towards a facelift, uh, how, how they did this. So, uh, What do you think? I don't know. I, you know, the, what comes to mind when I, when I take a look at it, it's the um, minimalistic look. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And it, it really, the Nissan lettering is pretty much the same with a little more spacing in between it but the hamburger as we used to call it all the time basically has kind of changed and it's just like <laughs> you know i i'm okay with the hamburger like i would have been okay with the the ends of the burger still being there but um you know i don't know i i'm i i guess i gotta take it's gonna take a while for it to grow on me you know um we put yeah. up an article on the facebook page a while back where it talked about you know all the logos from all the years you know, we went into that whole cursive for a while, and then we went into the uh, the yep. strong rectangular logos, and then we went into the burger that we know and love, and then we, we transitioned to a more simplistic just lettering. And so, yeah, I mean, the Nissan lettering has come a long way. I don't know. I think it's just time will tell if it's going to grow on me or not. I'm kind of up in the air. I, I love Nissan, but I'm just like, oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah. I think it's going to take some time. I mean, again, the, the last the last major change was 20 years ago. So for me and you, that's more than half our lifetimes, you know, that we've been so accustomed to that design. So change, how they say change is inevitable. Growth is optional. So it's really, I think over time, it's going to grow on us. And uh, 20 years from now, it's going to change again. And, you know, it, it gets, we'll have probably some mixed, mixed uh, thoughts about it as well. But. Well, when we're in the nursing home... When that next <laughs> logo hits, we can talk about, oh, remember when? Yeah. <laughs> We're not there. One day we'll get there. So in the yeah. meantime, it's it's the first days of a new relationship with a new logo. Give it time. I'll see if uh, if we fall in love with it or not. You know what, if we can continue on the whole idea of electrification and we're talking about the cars and the logos and everything else, Formula E is back to uh, motorsports after such a long delay. 
And again, we mentioned this because Nissan is a, uh, a contender as a constructor. So we want to share a little bit with you guys as far as its progress. The schedule for Formula E right now is going to be very, very quick. And like I said, we're looking at within a span of nine days, they're going to have six races through three different tracks. And again, we're recording this ahead of time, though. Uh, you guys will get this, I believe, August 10th, meaning that August 13th, there will be a Formula E champion crowned. Of course, this is happening behind closed doors. Uh, like many other sporting events happening right now, there's no spectators. The last Formula E race we had was in February, Miles. If you remember, we were talking about Marrakesh, and here we are. It's August now, and this is literally Nissan is just now getting back. According to Formula E, they're saying that mathematically, every team has a chance to steal the championship. Again, Nissan is currently fourth as a constructor. Uh, there are two racers, Oliver Rowland and Sebastian Buemi. For those who are interested in Formula E, it airs through the uh, Fox Sports Network. But I would just say check your local listings uh, if you are interested and want to take a look at it. I would say TiVo it. You know, obviously being in different parts of the country and, and the Formula Series being such an international Get get a TiVo, Devo it, or Devo it. <laughs> get a TiVo. Get, get a TiVo. Get Devo. Uh, get Devo, the band yeah. Devo, who hasn't been relevant <laughs> for 30 years, to get TiVo, crack- <laughs> which also hasn't been relevant for six years, to do that for you. Crack <laughs> that whip. Crack that whip and TiVo oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, but, you know, one thing, uh, you can go to listen to the older podcast. Now, Boemi. That guy is no stranger to to winning, and he is poised to take this whole thing. So I'm telling you right now, that guy is a monster behind the wheel. And, I mean, I have never – I mean, I follow a lot of racing. Formula, you know, we follow Le Mans. We even follow Lemons, for Christ's sakes here. Um, <laughs> but you don't understand. I mean, just put that in, in a conceptual reality for setup, testing, I mean, that is insane. You're going to be at the same track, but the layouts are different. So that means you got to, you're, you're laying out your entire framework of mapping and your suspension setup for a different layout of track every single time. Now, the only thing that works in your favor is if it even plays into the way they tune their cars is, you know, elevation and moisture and things in the air. But I mean, that doesn't have a play, you know, except for in tires, I would think. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, that, maybe it does in aerodynamics, too, as well. Who knows? It's a, there's a lot of groundbreaking stuff when you do that many races that actually go on on a point system. It's crazy. And, and yeah, I could see them trying to sell it like, hey, there's anybody's game. But quite honestly, man, I think I personally think Nissan is going to destroy it with this because I don't know. They, they got one of the best guys in the business as a driver and an, an extremely amazing, I wouldn't say rival, but the, we'll, we always call it first rival, right? But he's got a, uh, a co-driver. Well, not a co-driver. Um, oh my God. What's wrong with me? Teammate. Team, teammate. Sorry. Yeah. Who would have thought I can't say teammate, but I am super excited about it. Quite honestly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I didn't think they were going to do this much. I thought it was going to be a conditional thing where they were going to reduce the, the number of races. And I was interested in how they were going to do that. Just like F1, you know, we were all kind of trying to figure that out. Yep. But no, we're going to, you're still going to get the same amount of races and we're <laughs> the same amount of competition. It's going to be intense. Yep. I would highly recommend anybody check that out. And uh, yep. like you said, just try to find it um, wherever you can, you know, call up Devo, tell me to get on that TiVo <laughs> and 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my um, god. So Mike, the next thing came up on the radar here was um something about the Nismo Festival that Nissan's been hosting f- for a number of years. It's basically just a kind of like Nissan's own festival of speed. You know, it's something that a lot of fanatics look forward to. There's two Nismo festivals that happen. We've got the one in Australia. And then we've got the one in Japan. Both are amazing events. And then, you know, from time to time, the United States gets our um, our events like Monterey. Uh, that was one of them where we did uh, the most recent one that I can recall that mm-hmm. Nissan had a hand in. But this one, uh, specifically, we're talking about the one in Japan. Now, this event, you know, has been, an, I think, an iconic event. And uh, usually when you see a lot of great photos of these very historic race cars out there with new footage on them running running down these um these racetracks it's usually from this event but unfortunately uh we got some news here recently that the the nismo festival as it's called it looked like they're putting a halt to that for a short amount of time this year's event at fuji speedway what was going to happen on december 6th because of covid because of uh just looking out for everybody's health and safety in mind the committee that's responsible for this has uh, decided to go ahead and, and cancel it for the year. I would think probably there's a substantial cost involved with that, knowing that you know <laughs> sometimes sometimes some of these racetracks cost to get uh, these things done. I could I could see this being a year where they just said, hey, you know what? Maybe we want to not throw those thousands and thousands of dollars away <laughs> at this event when we're in potentially uh, an upcoming recession year. We don't know that. You know, we're coming off of COVID and obviously they have a year where they're trying to rebrand and rebuild. So I I can completely understand that. For me, I got to say, man, it's truly, it's truly sad that I'm not going to be able to see it. Understandable. A lot of events are closing down, but I cannot see this not happening, uh, continuing on after 2020 and getting it just past us. So you're right. This was supposed to be the 23rd annual event. Just like you said, it's been happening for a long, long time. Yeah. I, I definitely look forward. Uh, hope, I hope to hear something again in 2021 regarding its future and everything else. Tw- 23rd annual, too. Again, with the number 23 being so synonymous <laughs> with Nissan. Just a coincidence, yeah. I'm sure. Again, but... Uh, uh, I hope well, they, they it, definitely redeem themselves. So for this year, guess what? You're going to have to go through all the old YouTube footage back from the back years and just live vicariously through that. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, let's not, uh, let's not uh, stay on that. We've, we've yep. got a lot more data to cover. There's so much information that we have to kind of pick and choose. Yep. This next piece uh, that you had, you had found, Mike, it's a great piece <laughs> of news. We were talking about before the show here, before recording, and uh, you're right. Yeah, you sounded pretty excited about this, so I'll go ahead and just get right into it, though. Some great news for Nissan. In regards to J.D. Power uh, and, and Associates. Associates, right, yeah, <laughs> which is a huge, uh, what would you call it, consumer testing studies yeah. of quality and performance. Yeah, and J.D. Power Associates has a hand in everything in the automotive industry, from insurance to innovations to safety. I mean, they really are the looked-upon uh, group that kind of determines um, if a, if a just award is justified, yep. and whenever you get something from them, it's it's usually a big a big nod. And exactly. in this case, uh, Nissan actually came up on the on the board for an award this year, big time. This year in 2020. Now, despite all the downturns that you may have heard throughout 2020, Nissan is the most awarded mass market car brand in 2020, and so I think it's a great 
accolade that they can have is for this year. And getting into that, there was uh, a few segments. They had four major awards. The the cars that really got the attention and got the awards specifically were the uh, the 2020 Nissan Sentra. You had the the all new Nissan Versa, the Nissan Maxima, and the Nissan Armada uh, SUV. Mm-hmm. So each segment like you have here, you got your uh, Econo car, your full size, you know your midsize, your SUV. Uh, there's a what they call a segment average. You know all the all its competitors are just compared and studied, and uh, again. Nissan came out on top in these four segments, uh, and by a huge number, too. 42 points more than the segment average for the Sentra, 41 points more from the Versa, 30 points over the average for the Maxima, and 25 points over the average for the for the Armada. Overall, eight of Nissan's 10 ranked models scored better than their uh, segment average. This also, as Nissan in a whole, it improves their uh, ranking with JD Power, uh, last year, they were in 14th place, and now they're tied for 6th, which is a huge boost in, in their studies, uh, in J.D. Power's studies. And, and Nissan's, Nissan's uh, status or uh, Nissan's reputation is definitely uh, a, a huge boost for these guys, for, for Nissan. Well, what did you think? I hope that we kind of continue on with uh, with this, you know, with the new models coming out. I, I hope that continuation, in, especially in the, uh, you know, the the groundbreaking technology that we're hoping some of this stuff um, will get noted for. I, I hope it makes all the way to, uh, you know, JD power associates when it finally gets on the, uh, uh, the judging scale as it were for that stuff. Now that's kudos to Nissan. Unfortunately, yep. we, it hasn't all been great news as of late. You know, we did get some tragic news that, uh, that the passing of, a, of, of a legend uh, in uh, Datsun and Nissan history, uh, the passing of uh, Matsuo-san, uh, the designer for the 240Z, this just came to us, um, uh, you know, it's been about a week now um, since his passing. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, we we had an opportunity, both Mike and myself and a lot of other people uh, here in the United States, we've been blessed with the opportunity to meet him over the years. And we've, um, uh, you know, he was so gracious to spend his time between Japan and and the United States coming here and uh, and <laughs> really coming to the Z conventions every year. I had a lot of uh, great experiences with him. He I was agree. always um, uh, gracious with his time at these events, and uh, and honestly, he was just a great character to be around. You know, unfortunately, he uh, he passed away at the age of uh, a day after his eighty seventh birthday. Actually, day after his eighty seventh birthday. Oh yeah. You know, the last time I had seen him was the last Z convention in Atlanta. And <clears throat> I didn't think I was going to see him in Atlanta. He had just gotten over a, a liver cancer scare a while back, and he uh, he needed to take some time off. And I was like, and this is the ZCon before Atlanta. And he was just yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to. I, you know, I, I may not be coming to a lot more of these events. And we just, and, I, and you know, I, I didn't think I would see him in Atlanta. And then sure enough, there he yeah. is in Atlanta. <laughs> You know, but I mean, that just kind of tells you the kind of guy he was. I mean, he was always gracious. Obviously, being a resident living in Japan and coming to America, I mean, seriously, um, every year it seemed like of, of all our special guests that that Z-Con hosts, he made it very, very often. He was he was you know very dedicated. And obviously, as being the chief designer of the first generation Z-Car, it, you know, it was his obviously his love. Uh, he said this once. If Mr. K was the father 
of the Z car, he would be the mother. <laughs> he meant so much to the Z car and its success was uh, part of his involvement with Nissan. Yeah, like you said, his tech talks were great. He really did a, a great job uh, helping give us that story and that history that we can now uh, take with us and 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 share with uh, all the new enthusiasts and, and just having that history. It's just so invaluable. Again, Yoshihiko Masuo, we want to say rest in peace. And uh, thank you for everything you've done for us. And uh, we will obviously keep you in our memory. I, along with so many other people, you know, we, uh, uh, we're definitely going to miss him. Like Mike said, um, you know, with that being said, we have to go into back alley chat. You know, I think a good, uh, discussion to talk about is, uh, Matsuo san and our experiences with him, both you and myself, Mike. Um, so let's go ahead and, uh, let's make him the topic of our back alley chat, uh, today with, uh, see if we have any good stories. Uh, Mike, you got a good story about, uh, Matsuo san? I sure do. So obviously Matsuo-san having been, when he comes to the conventions that we've been a part of uh, with Zcon, he is our guest of honor. And we sort of need to be a concierge to just make sure that he is definitely welcomed. And the story I want to share is from 2018 at the Atlanta Zcon convention. I was the uh, chairman of that event and uh, I spent a lot of time with him. Just make sure he was comfortable and just hopefully just, just talking with him and being personable with him. On one of the last days, there was the People's Choice Car Show. I had a uh, a vendor who wanted to have an interview with him, uh, you know, a camera and a host. And uh, the host of the show is this um, this model, this female model. And as you could imagine, just this as a, as a woman dressed to the tens, just uh, very striking and a beautiful woman. I got Matsuo-san, and I just, of course, uh, as simply and just talking to him hey matsuo san would you please uh have time for an interview and he says yes uh, i will take him to an interview i didn't tell him about the woman and i didn't really think it mattered too much but again the story what i think of is i guide him to this trailer and this girl comes in of course she's got the spandex with the the torso bearing and the hair done and the makeup and uh he i i could have swore he he froze. He, did, I, I, I saw Matsuo-san just freeze, not knowing what to say, not knowing what to do. All I heard from him as he saw the host, the woman, he looks at me and goes, <laughs> he didn't even say words. He goes, again, he, he's struck in fear. He's looking at her. He looks at me and goes, <laughs> just the two notes. <laughs> and that was all he had to say just to kind of communicate what's going on here. Like, dude, you didn't tell me to prepare myself. I'm an 85 year old man at the time. You know, he's just like, you're going to give me a heart attack. This girl, you know, just okay. You know, so he steps into the trailer. She, she kind of does her thing. He wanted me to be kind of in frame sort of there with him. Uh, person for him, you know, but I had to very carefully just stand next to him, but out of frame. So you can't see me though. But uh, uh, they did the interview and just, he was just so nervous. I think what it was, it was just crazy to see. And again, I felt bad. It's just like, I didn't warn the man. And so uh, they get done with the interview and uh, I help him out of the trailer. And I say, thank you very much. I'm just trying to be as, uh, as kind and thankful and, and almost apologetic at the same time. 
and he just kind of goes, thank you, thank you. And it's very, like, dismissive, just like, all right, get out of here. <laughs> like, he has to recover. I talked to him later on that night, and I go, hey, I, you know, I apologize. Uh, I didn't warn you about the beautiful woman. At that, by then, he was able to brush it off, but it was just a great story. I'd never, you know, this designer of the Z car, and just to see him, like, in shock, like, <laughs> and his expression, just, <laughs> Uh, that's my story, though. Uh, Miles, what about you, man? Uh, you've met him a few times. <clears throat> yeah, actually, more than a few times over the years. I mean, um, after seeing the same person year after year, we we kind of had a pretty good play with each other. And unfortunately, me being who I am, being a uh, a commonly seen face around the hotel bars and the, <laughs> the stuff, I'll usually see him, and he's you know he, he would occasionally have a beer and uh, and just kind of be you know, relaxed and stuff with this. But from time to time, I got, I got to get a chance to get a little looser with him and pal around with him. Uh, this was only like maybe a few years ago. And he was doing one of his tech talks and <laughs> they, they wanted somebody at the door to make sure things were quiet while they were doing uh, these tech talks to be respectful. You know, if that makes sense, because there was people that would go into these, these talks and you didn't want them um, coming in and talking and being disruptive as he was kind of going through all these important details, especially in, you know, with a translator, it can be a little uh, disruptive. So I was basically just the bouncer for his tech talks a lot of times. <laughs> and, you know, it was kind of taxing on him. And one day it was like the second round of it. And you could tell he was tired and he wasn't quite smiling. He was just kind of like, oh, let's go do it. But, you know, he was, he was excited about it. He just was... You know, yeah. he was just tired. It's a lot because you know, it's exhausting. Z Zcon seven days can be a little, um, a little daunting, especially with those guys because they they take them everywhere a few days before that. So they've been on this like party trip for a couple <laughs> of days. So you know, you could tell he's a little more tired than he used to. So he came in and he just like he would always like say hi to me and just put his hand up and be like, hey. But this time he was coming in and I I kind of put my hand in front of him. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And he was just like, and his eyes got big and he was like, what, what did I do? And I was like, hands on the wall. And he was just like, and he was like what? <laughs> like, and he kind of just looked at me. He's like, oh, and he didn't like know what to do with his hands. And I was like, and I know his translator at the time. And I, I had an opportunity with him and I looked at him and I wink at the translator and he was like, uh, yeah, he needs you to put your hands on the wall. And I was like, and he was started talking to the, uh, the translator in, in Japanese and, and I was like, I, I got to check you, sir. And he's like, check you for what? And he, he was like, <laughs> it, was, it took a second. And I was like, contraband, sir. Because <laughs> we think you might be smuggling uh, things from Japan. <laughs> and, uh, and he just, <laughs> and so I started like kind of patting him down as a joke. And yeah. uh, he just, he got a huge laugh out of it. <laughs> I, and, you know, it was one of those things, like I, I never thought about it later on. And then we were at a, Oh, I think we we're like at the hotel bar or something. And he came up behind me. He started like patting my, my shoulders and my oh. back. Like it was pretty hilarious. It was one of those like running inside jokes between him and I, you know, it was just a, a kind of a funny thing. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, God, you want to talk about a man who always had time for people and always signed stuff. You know, I'm not trying to go into a second story, but just to give you an idea of how that man was and how cool he was, you know, the hotel lobby, like during the day is kind of like busy. People were running and doing events. And, and but, you know, a lot of your VIPs, they really just want to kind of chill and relax. So they'll be walking through the hotel or something. And I was just sitting in the hotel lobby talking to somebody and this 
this kid was sitting next to him. It was his first Zcon. He didn't even know who Matsuo was. You know, he had an idea, and I tried to tell him, "Hey, this is Matsuo-san. He's literally the designer of the 240Z." And he was like, his eyes just got big. And I kind of explained everything that Matsuo had done, and he's in the Hall of Fame for Christ's sakes. You know, yeah. just like. The kid was just like blown away. So he sat there and like listened. Matsuo gave him like this impromptu 10 minute speech about the car. You could tell he's, he's talking with, with a passion about something he loves. So next thing you know, there's like nine or 10 people around us just kind of um, listening to, to him giving this one-on-one discussion about his designs. And, and so we started talking about all that stuff and the kid was just like, his mind was blown. It was just like way too much. It was like talking about quantum physics and like fourth grade, fourth graders. Yeah. His just, Uh. his mind, it just blew out the backside of his skull. Anyway, (laughs) he started drawing like this sketch of like, because the kid was asking about some stuff and he just drew it out. You know, he, he just signed it. And he just gave it to this kid, and that kid grabbed it like it was the Declaration of Independence, or it's like, like he was so like, quick. oh, just it was like okay. But it was just it was kind of cool like that. But he was like that. He would always do like these crazy sketches on napkins, and like people would just be fighting over him like afterwards. And I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. but he's gonna be missed. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. So. Gotcha. I do have one other story, just real quick. Again, going back to the tech talks. I believe you were the doorman at that particular tech talk. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Uh, we were there and he's there and he's explaining uh, the car. And sometimes, you know, over the years, it, he'll repeat some of the information, obviously, because there's just so much and there's all new audience every year a lot of times. But, you know, some sometimes in some years, he'll give you information that you've never heard before. Every year, his lips got looser and looser, and it was just so much fun. He he became more relaxed uh, sharing this information, and this one happened at the Atlanta uh, convention. Uh, he's up there with his translator, and he's explaining, you know, yes, this was the first car that used uh, struts for the hatch, you know, and how he got that idea from the, the airplanes, and you know. And then at the end, he, of course, he's talking in Japanese, and he's explaining how the seats – uh, you know, the bucket seats, Nissan had to make them more robust and stronger with a heavier gauge of, of steel for the American market. And he goes on to say, he goes, we learned this very quickly after the release of the Datsun or, uh, of the car in America because we learned that American uh, people love to have sex in cars and they would always break the seats because <laughs> doing whatever motions they're doing and just who knows what size and shape these people are, you know, and they would break the seats. And so going back to the factory, they had to make these seats stronger And he was talking about it. And so he's telling the translator this and the translator had to stop and like converse with him, like in private almost, you know, everybody's looking at both of them. And he's covering his mouth. Like, are you sure you want me to tell him? You want to drop this knowledge on him? (laughs) Yeah. Do you really want to say, did you just say what I thought you said, you know, in Japanese? He goes, yes, yes. Tell them, tell them. Like, this is where he just kind of just felt so comfortable to just, just to say it, you know? And I think that took some time. I took a few Z-Cons for us to really get that out of him. And he, you know, he's just so fun. You know, he was a lot of fun. So I I wanted to share that. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure this year at Z-Con, they're going to, you know, a lot of people are going to share a lot of memories about him. I cannot not see them doing a tribute at a fitting place like Zcon for him. And I hope that Nissan actually does something like on a, like something from the manufacturer would be kind of nice. 
it's all about a global entity and I could kind of see that, but it'd be nice if they gave him a nod because it would tell me that like, Hey, we actually care about the history of and the lineage of some of this stuff that goes on versus, you know, we're, we're so focused on, on the future that we don't ever give a nod to the past. I agree. The Zcon committee did that very similarly in 2015 when Mr. K had passed getting onto Matsuo-san. And I, I really hope to do the same in, in some, in some way. Well, you know, it's been a mixed bag, you know, with this news and, you know, a lot <laughs> of stuff has kind of hit the community and, you know, we had a it, lot to catch up yeah. with. Yep. If anything, I, you know, that I want to kind of leave at this whole point is, you know, we're, we're a big community of like-minded folk, like I always say. And, you know, we have to look out for each other. And if we care about these things, we have to make sure that they have survivability. You got to make sure that you're supporting this podcast, supporting those events that are out there, support other podcasts that are Nissan minded and make sure that, you know, you're giving the nods and making sure that history marks down our heroes like Matsuo-san. So, you know, that's kind of what I wanted to end on and continue to support us, continue to hit that like button and subscribe button. If there's something that you want to see, let us know. Definitely message us. And uh, if you got some great news for us, even something on a smaller scale, we're not beyond talking about that on the program. So you can always contact us by the way, just to throw that out there on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Again, message us, post to us, type in the, the phrase Nissan nerd and you'll find us. Also an email, uh, info at NissanNerd.com. Great episode overall, Mike. I mean, we got a lot coming down the pipeline. I'm super excited about the future of it. You know, thanks again for going on a road trip with me. And it was a lot. I learned about uh, a lot of things with you, a lot of things that I don't want to ever experience again with you. <laughs> and uh, Same here, you know, buddy. But we definitely got to do another road trip one of these days. Maybe we'll go out to an event and surprise uh, some uh, some of our fans out there if we have any so <laughs> all, all, all both of them yeah <laughs> all both of them surprise all, both of our fans so yeah i'm, I'm down yeah. for that <laughs> all right well, well been a rather great episode mike uh i want to say uh cheers and kanpai cheers to you buddy kanpai <laughs> kanpai all right. all right we'll see you all soon on the Thanks next everybody. episode in the nissan nerd podcast Thank you for listening to this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast, hosted by Miles Hall and Mike Delashman. New episodes are released every other Monday and can be found on the podcast network of your choice. If you like what you hear, write us a review, give us five stars, and it would help us out a lot. You can find content added regularly to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, so be sure to like and follow. And lastly, you can contact us at info at NissanNerd.com. Let us share events happening in your area and provide us suggestions for future content on the Nissan Nerd Podcast.